Welcome to Episode 8 of the Legacy Video Lounge. I'm your host, Steve Pender. I'm a personal historian and video biographer and president of Family Legacy Video Incorporated in Tucson, Arizona. You can visit Family Legacy Video on the web at FamilyLegacyVideo.com. In this segment, I'll focus on the storytelling power of the human voice, and I'll talk about some of the gear I use to capture those voices for posterity. And I'll get started right after this. Grandma grew up on her granddad's farm. She says they harvested more rocks than crops. But collecting sap and transforming it into maple syrup was magical for her. Now her grandkids can share that magic, thanks to Family Legacy Video. Now you can share your life stories in a custom legacy video your family will cherish. To learn more, visit FamilyLegacyVideo.com or call 520-743-4090. That's 520-743-4090. FamilyLegacyVideo.com. We all have uh, voices that live in our memories, don't we? You know, uh, grandparents or other relatives, friends who've passed on. Uh, I know uh, I know. with me, with my grandparents, I, I, I can remember, well, of course, in my mind, I remember the sounds of their voices, and, and they all had their certain, I don't know, certain special ways of, of answering the phone, for instance, um, or some certain catchphrases that they like to use. And, you know, when I think of these things, it really gives me the, uh, the warm fuzzies and, and keeps them alive in my mind. But, uh, you know, one of the problems with these voices that live in our memories is it, it comes if we haven't recorded them. And so if you haven't recorded these voices, then they live only in your memories because, you know, we've all lost people and, and, and without having a recording to be able to play for someone else, there's absolutely no way you can communicate to them what this person's voice was really like. I mean, you can describe its aspects and 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 maybe even mimic it a, a little bit to give them an idea, but there's absolutely no way they're ever ever going to get the true the true sound of uh, of these wonderful voices of these terrific relatives that have mean so much to us and that have passed on. And that's frustrating, isn't it? I, I, I think of all the relatives who I didn't record before I became aware of the importance of it. Um, most of my, most of my grandparents actually. And, you know, that, that saddens me a little bit. It would be great to, to hear their voices again. I'm very thankful for the, for the ones I did record. And, uh, you know, it's also frustrating. Oh gosh, really frustrating is knowing that you did record somebody, but you managed to lose the tapes. <laughs> you know, I, uh, growing up, I was very lucky to have a, uh, some great grandparents and my great grandfather, Marcy was a storyteller bar none, always the life of the party. And he would just come into a, a family gathering, you know, and sit down and just start talking and singing and, you know, the whole nine yards. And when I was pretty young, I guess, I guess this would have been maybe Oh, junior high school age-ish, somewhere around in there. Uh, it was when uh, cassette recorders uh, for home use were just starting to come in. And I'd uh, worked a paper route for a little while, and I'd saved up my money, and I went out and bought myself a nice Panasonic uh, recorder. And I thought it was being very clever one day. He was coming over for whatever it was, uh, Easter, somebody's birthday, I forget exactly. But knowing that uh, Grandpa Marcy was going to be there, I thought, aha, I'm going to uh, hide 
my recorder under his chair and then turn it on and then uh, and, and then just let it go. And I did that. I, I had a, an old Scotch tape, uh, Highlander series, <laughs> I think it was, and, and they weren't terribly sturdy, as I remember. But uh, I recorded about an hour of my grandfather just doing his thing. Well, you know, I probably put it in a box, didn't label it, and you know you know the end of this story. It it just disappeared or got recorded over, and, and that was that. And I, you know, I slap myself on the forehead now and wish I could go back to my junior high school self, you know, somehow teleport myself back and say, label the tape, save it, even make another copy of it, you know, uh, because I'd love to have that tape today and, and be able to convert it to digital and, and pass that along to, to other members of my family. But anyway, spilled milk. Uh, so, so... What can we do about this now? Well, we still have the opportunity to capture the voices of uh, the relatives, of course, who are still living, and and we really should do that. Um, you know, I, as you know, uh, focus primarily on video biographies, but I've done some audio work, and, you know, audio is a wonderful medium uh, as well. You know, some reasons folks might want to uh, think about doing audio biographies uh, first of all, it's usually less expensive than video. You know, when I go out to do a, uh, a, an audio recording, it's usually just me, my digital recorder, which I'll talk about later, a couple of microphones, and that's it. You know, you don't have to worry about a, an entire crew and, and a lot of gear and, and moving furniture and, and all the stuff that comes with a, a video shoot. Another reason, uh, there are some folks out there that might just not be comfortable being on camera and might prefer simply speaking uh, to uh, to someone and recording the audio of the conversation, okay? Um, another reason you might consider an audio biography is if you're repurposing old tapes. Maybe you are lucky enough to have some recordings of uh, your grandparents or or other loved ones, and uh, and you need to, uh, you know, you want to digitize those and, and put them in another form so that you and the rest of the family can enjoy them uh, going uh, going forward. So so those are some reasons to consider doing audio over video, and I have no bones to pick with, with anybody if they want to do audio versus video. I think, I think both certainly have their benefits, and uh, they're both fun to do and, and very valuable. Oh, by the way, I, I mentioned repurposing old tapes. Here's a, a tip for you. I used a fellow a couple of years ago because I had some old 78 RPM records that were noisy and I didn't really have the proper way to play them and, and digitize them here. So uh, I did a little research and found a company called King Tet Productions. Uh, that's Tet, T-E-T, and he's got a few websites. You can You can get started at uh, kingtet.com, K-I-N-G-T-E-T.com. Uh, he's also got another website called uh, customaudiocds.com. Uh, wherever you'll start on those, you'll you'll find what you need. But he does fantastic uh, transfers. I'd highly recommend uh, checking him out if you've got old tapes, old CDs, even old records, you know, that you want cleaned up and uh, and digitized. So kingtet dot com check him out anyway what's my approach let's let's say we're not repurposing and let's say uh, uh, someone is hiring me to create an audio biography well aside from not having <laughs> video in it of course how does that differ you know from a video biography well 
at, at the outset, the very beginning of the process, the pre-production, as it were, there's really not a lot of difference. Uh, I would conduct pre-interviews, uh, which is what I would do with a video biography in order to learn the stories. Uh, so that's where, where, where we would start. Uh, I would go on location. So, uh, you know, whether it means me getting in a car or getting on a plane, I'd travel to wherever I needed to go. Uh, of course, much easier this time around since I have much less gear to bring with me. And and then after that, there's, there's editing. Of course, we're not video editing. We're using uh, audio editing software. And the editing can be uh, uh, very light editing or very intensive depending on you know, on the client's wishes, uh, we can do uh, pretty much light cleanup. You know, taking out gaps or pauses or and us and or mistakes or repetitive information, and just kind of leave the voice otherwise untreated, and then put that on a on an audio CD in chapters, or create MP3 files or even WAV files. Uh, you know, so that uh, folks can play them from their computer or. Uh, or just archive them, or put them on a family website, or, or, or whatever. So, so those are the kinds of things that can be done uh, with the files. As far as audio editing software, I have Adobe Audition, and so I use that. It's a it's a great great uh, piece of software. But there are many other software options that exist, of course, and depending on whether or not you're Mac or PC, even some free ones. So if if you don't currently have audio editing uh, or post production software. One option I would suggest for a uh, piece of free software is uh, Audacity, and you can uh, check that out at audacityteam.org, okay, audacityteam.org, and it's a nice piece of free uh, audio editing software. So, uh, and I believe it's it's um, it's um, compatible with PC and Mac, so, so check that out. So you will need some kind of audio editing software. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, you know the the editing can be light or heavy, and one of the one of the things that might make it a little more heavy or a little more intensive would be adding music and uh, sound effects where appropriate. Oh, and uh, so if you've got uh, the budget to do that kind of thing, it can be it can be really really nice. So you can wind up with a simple spoken word audiobiography or something that's that's really like a a national public radio style treatment. And in that vein, I'm going to pause just for um, uh, a couple minutes here and play you a sample. This is actually my mom. She's uh, just uh, talking about some of her, her, her memories of her family pets. And so here it goes. I can remember one Christmas, my father brought something home as a gift from my mother in a box. She saw the box, and it was evidently a radio box. And she figured she wasn't thrilled. She was just—it was just another radio. She, you know, this was her Christmas present. But then she heard a few little sounds coming from the box, and my father had bought her a dog. So it was a little black cocker spaniel that that was her Christmas present. I don't really remember it too well. I can remember my mother talking about it. Uh, they had gotten it in the winter time, and uh, my sister was very sick. She said the dog went out in the backyard, and she could not get this dog back in again. It was the snowing and whatnot else. And when she finally did get it back in, eventually it seemed to have gotten sick, and uh, it got pneumonia and died. But 
We had two after that. One was a, another, uh, we call them general for some reason. Oh, I think probably because we got the dog from my aunt and uncle. They used to raise Cocker Spaniels. And uh, these pedigree dogs always had kind of silly names. One was Ebony Diggly Bones, and that was a black Cocker Spaniel. Well, the dogs got called General. That's all. It was just one line of generals. And yeah, it seems like we always had a dog around, or a canary. My parents loved canaries, and they would sing away. And the one little buddy who they bought and was a beautiful singer. But whoever had banded the bird had put the leg band on too tightly. And, uh, oh, this was after I had already left home because I can remember them calling me and telling me how worried they were. They didn't know who to go to that would take care of a bird. So I called the vets in our area, and uh, there were always veterinary animal hospital at that time. There was an elderly vet there, and he would take care of birds. But they did amputate the bird's leg, and he had just a little stump, and uh, but it didn't inhibit him. He healed up, and he was fine. He sang for years after that. <laughs> so, and you know, I remember that bird. That bird was indestructible, and and uh, gave my grandparents just a lot of pleasure over the years with its with its singing. But that's uh, that's an idea of, of what a, an audiobiography could sound like. So now the foundation, of course, of, of a good audiobiography is a, a really good quality audio recording. Okay, uh, you want to make sure you've got some good equipment and that you take care to record uh, the interview and so that it comes across as, as pristine as possible. So here are uh, some ideas of the kinds of things I use. Um, first of all, I have a, I use a digital recorder, um, and it's uh, I have the Zoom H6, which I think as of this recording is is the newest in the Zoom series. Uh, it's a great uh, digital little digital recorder. Um, I uh, got a good deal on it. I think I. It normally goes for about three fifty. I think I found a good deal on <laughs> on eBay uh, with a company selling it for three twenty five, and uh, and so it's always nice to save a few uh, simoleons. But uh, one of the things I really like about the H six is that it's got four inputs. It's also got a, a, an attachment on the top where you can put uh, one of two uh, sets of stereo microphones. So if you just want to put a microphone on top and pointed at something, you can do that as well. And so you can record four separate channels uh, and you can record like a left and a right. You know, if if you're just say pointing it at, a, at somebody's band or an orchestra or whatever, and you just want to get a little bit of a stereo recording. Uh, the other thing that's nice is that each of the uh, individual inputs uh, also doubles and not only as a, a mic input, but as a line input. So if you're a situation where you want to plug into, say, a soundboard or something like that, you can do that as well. So so that's where I start. Very nice uh, a digital recorder, um, and that's the Zoom H6. I think at, at most places you'll find it is uh, it starts around $350 in that neighborhood. But shop around. You never know. You could find a deal. And before I get off the uh, subject of digital audio recorders, there are, of course, uh, other brands of 
audio recorders out there. Uh, to get a good idea of what is available, uh, you can uh, check out uh, uh, audio recorders on a site like bnhphotovideo.com uh, or bhphotovideo.com. It's B&H is a, a company out of New York. It's got a wide range of video and audio equipment, uh, both new and used. And uh, and you can see what they've got on their, their website there. But one of the things I wanted to mention is that if you're not really in the, in the running uh, for one of these more expensive audio recorders, you know, you could always go with something a little less expensive. Now, I, I made a very pleasant discovery uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I had purchased uh, this little, little uh, digital audio recorder. I can hold it in the palm of my hand very easily. It's a Sony, and the uh, the model number, at least of this one, is UX300. Uh, uh, and it's got, uh, it's, it's got two inputs on top, one from a microphone and line, and then it's got a headset connection, both mini connectors, not professional record, uh, connectors and by any means. But I, I purchased this to basically use when I was doing pre-interviews. So I could just uh, uh, start it recording, put it on a table or something, and chat with uh, my storyteller and and then just stop it and take the recording with me. So I'd have it as a backup and, and something I could reference later on when I was uh, drawing up my questions. I belong to a, a Rotary Club here in Tucson, and we were recording some interviews with um, with military veterans. And... Uh, we were recording them with uh, uh, DSLRs, so of course I needed a way to record some decent audio. And uh, I, I also had a piece of gear, an audio mixer, which I'll talk about in, in a moment. And I thought, well, gee, you know, I, I don't want to have to go out and rent a digital recorder. Can I use my little MP3 recorder here? And so uh, luckily the mixer I was using uh, had a had an output and I was able to plug into that and then plug that into my recorder and it worked like a charm. <laughs> so, you know, I got decent quality recordings out of that uh, and uh, and I use that for for a number of these shoots. Uh, it's not really the professional way to go, but uh, it's certainly a way to go if you don't need something of professional quality. Um, you know, you don't care what your recorder looks like and, and you don't need some of those other functions. Um, so I would check that out. Uh, again, uh, th- this one is the UX 300. I, I think it cost me maybe $99 or somewhere in that neighborhood. And, uh, definitely, uh, definitely is worth the money, you know? So anyway, that, that's just a little, a little hint, uh, there, but what are uh, some of the other pieces of gear? Of course you need good microphones. Now, I prefer to use lavaliers, or they're also called lapel mics, because you usually see people uh, wearing them clamped or pinned to their lapels. And the thing that's great about uh, lavaliers is they, you know, you, you place them and the position doesn't change. They're, they're right, uh, you know, within a very short distance of the, uh, the mouths of the speakers. Uh, people can't really, um, they'd really have to work to turn away from the microphone. So you're going to get consistently close mic'd uh, sound out of out of a lavalier. If you use a, um, a microphone, say, on a table stand, that is, uh, you know, you can use a very good one and get a very good recording. Don't get me wrong about that. Um, but people can always turn away from, from microphones. And so you might lose something with the turn of a head or, or something like that. So something to keep in mind. I've got a couple of ECM 77Bs, B as in boy, 
And uh, these are Sony lavaliers. They've been a workhorse of the industry for a number of years. Uh, they tend these tend these days, I think, to retail for around two hundred sixty-five dollars a piece. Um, I don't like to pay full freight if I can help it, and uh, so uh, actually, I I found one on eBay which was in good shape. I got that well below you know that uh, that retail price, and recently uh, I bought another one uh, through B and H Photo Video, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, and they happened to I, I was doing a search there, and one happened to come up used. If you um, you know you're just going to have maybe a one time or two time use uh, or need uh, for for these kinds of equipment, eh, uh, try renting because uh, that's definitely. Uh, a, a way to go and uh, much less expensive than than buying something and if you don't have a uh, a rental uh, company in town there are some online and one i've been using recently that's worked out very well is called borrowlenses.com okay borrowlenses.com uh, check them out. They they rent um, video and audio and lighting gear and um, ship it to you, and then you ship it back. And uh, it's worked out very, very, very well for me. So I'd highly recommend them. Now, I mentioned uh, a mixer earlier. It's very handy to have a mixer if you're going to be in a situation where, you know, you've got a recorder that doesn't have multiple inputs, okay, or enough inputs for you. So let's say you've got a recorder that's only a two input recorder and you're interviewing a group of three to four people. So uh, what you'll need then is is a way to uh, combine those uh, audio sources and and feed them into uh, your recorder. So a mixer will do that for you. Let's say you've got three people and uh, you know you can plug the three microphones into your mixer and you may have to put, say, two mics on one channel and one mic on another, but, you know, at least you can get them all all in there. Uh, I, again, <laughs> eBay came to my rescue a few years back when I really uh, needed a mixer. Um, I got a, a, a Shure, uh, S-H-U-R-E, uh, FP33. It's, a, you know, it's an older mixer. Uh, however, I think they're still sold new. I, I, I just looked on B and H uh, uh, a little while ago, and you know they were listing them for like fifteen hundred bucks. And I um, bought one several years back off of eBay for four hundred and fifty dollars. So you know those deals are out there. It should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. You need a good pair of headsets. You need uh, not buds. You know you need uh, a pair of headsets that are, that are going to be over the ear that give you some sound isolation so that uh, you or whoever is monitoring the recording, first of all, knows you're recording and, uh, and then can pick up on any, uh, any extraneous noise that may leak through, be it a barking dog or a leaf blower or a low-flying plane, that sort of thing, and, you know, and, and then can tell, tell you that you need to stop and, and restart you know, once, that, uh, once that interfering sound has passed. Uh, I have been using for years a pair of Sony... Uh, headsets. These are the MDR-V, as in Victor 6. Uh, you know, these headsets are just terrific. Uh, I do tend to, <laughs> to wear out the ear pads, but, you know, you can buy replacements for a few bucks, and uh, so I just keep replacing them. I actually just bought a pair of nice deep ear pads, 
and uh, and they feel great and give me even better isolation than I did before. And and these headsets, uh, if you can still find them, I think you can, uh, or comparable headsets are are going to be around a hundred dollars, and you know that's uh, uh, an investment that's that's well worth it. And so uh, I think that's really about it. Again, uh, sources for gear, new and used, uh, you know, bhphotovideo.com, and, uh, and check out deals on eBay. And then remember, borrowlenses.com if you're looking uh, to rent. Okie doke. And so that's about it on the subject of audio. And uh, that's it for this segment of the Legacy Video Lounge. If you have any questions or comments, please email them to me at steve at familylegacyvideo.com. Also, I'd be happy to entertain subjects for future podcasts. And if you like the podcast, I invite you to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Steve Pender reminding you that everyone has a story. Isn't it time you told yours? Yeah.